Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. Pastor James is going to start our journey on John 7, verse 1. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. All right. You said John 7? Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> okay, I do so many different broadcasts that I have to kind of look around and <laughs> where I'm at. Oh. All right. Hey, I'm so glad to be here on the broadcast again. I'm glad that me and you are here to talk about it because, you know, uh, we wasn't here. We couldn't witness to what Jesus has done for us, the signs, wonders, and miracles that's always being done through the world, but the world does not receive it most of the time because they want to treat God as a genie. Rub him and give me. Give me this, hand me that, bring me this. Instead of saying, hey, you're the king. I should be bringing handy and giving to you. But a lot of times people miss that. But the true believers, the true sons of God, they understand it's all about humbling yourself to become just like your master. And you can't call a person your master unless he rules over you. All right, signs, wonders, and miracles. Let's start off with John the seventh chapter, starting with the first verse. John, the seventh chapter, starting with the first verse. After these things, Jesus walked into Galilee, for he would not walk into Jewry because of the Jews thought to kill him. And now the Jews' feast of tabernacle was at hand. His brothers therefore said unto him, Depart which, and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou do. For there is no man that does anything in secret, and he himself seeketh seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. See, the world is always challenging. They want to see signs, wonders, and miracles, but yet still they don't want to see it so they can worship God. They just want to see something supernatural. That's how these people were working in the black arts, the witchcraft and all that. It's because they wanted to see something supernatural. They didn't think about who is the one who created the supernatural, and that is God himself. Now, the Jews, they are religious. They, they uh, know the word and stuff. But yet still, they, they became so legalistic that they didn't have time to understand what does the word say. What does the word really mean? Can I use this word? In other words, the Bible tells us the the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Because if you fear God, you're going to do things that show that he is your master and that you're not your own, that you belong to him. They talk about, well, if if you're really working for God, then you do things in secret. Well, God hides things. Yes, he does. But he didn't tell us to uh, show ourselves for it so that we can get people to praise us and say, hey, oh, you got the gift. You got a gift of uh, healing. You got a gift of teaching. You got a... God didn't tell us to do that. In fact, about it, every time the demon started uh, recognizing who he was and trying to tell, he'd tell him, shut up. Because we're the children of God. We're supposed to do those things that we are the children of God. One is the greatest thing in the Hebrew alphabet is Aleph. 
And one of the words in olive means quiet, silence, keep your mouth closed. All right? Yes, you know some things. Yes, but I'd rather see it than you hear you tell me. I'd rather see the fruit of the Spirit instead of you tell me about the fruit of the Spirit. If, in other words, if you are a man or a woman of the Most High God, you will start to act like your father. You will start to act like your master. And because of that, the word would not be just hearing in my ear, but I will be a doer of the word. Now, I haven't been telling people lately, so because I'm back on again, but if you have any questions or any uh, comments and stuff, push one on your telephone, and they'll let uh, Dorothy know there's somebody there. And I will interrupt the teaching so that I can answer your question. All right, let's keep on going here. The uh, uh, the fifth verse, it says, For neither did his brothers believe in him. Now, this is not the brethren as in Jude, but it was the blood brothers. He had Jesus had brothers and sisters. Then it says, Then Jesus said unto them, My time has not come yet, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me, because I testify of it that the world thereof are evil. Go you up into the feast. I go not up into the feast, for my time is not yet full come. In other words, it's not the right time for me. When Jesus was at the uh, the the uh, wedding, and his mother was talking about he they they ran out of wine, and he told her it's not my time yet. In other words, it was not time for him to be fully uh, moving in the spirit realm. He had things he had to learn, but she said, "Whatever he said, do it." She had confidence that the father would supply what he needed at that time. And that's when Jesus said, well, okay, just fill up the thing. They filled it up. You notice he didn't pray over it or anything. It's all about do you understand the operation of heaven? That's why it's called the kingdom of heaven. Or do you do you understand the nature of our father, which is called the kingdom of God? There's two different things going on here. So he was saying, my my time is not fully come or not the right time. But anyway, you see, God uh, puts everything into Jesus. If you want to know how God operates, look at Jesus. If you want to be like God the Father, you be what Jesus is. All right? It says, the ninth verse, and when he had said these words unto them, he abode in Galilee. But when his brothers were gone up, then uh, went he up unto the feast, not openly, but it was in secret. Then the Jews saw him at the feast and said, where is he? And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him, for some said, he is a good man. Others said, nay, he's a deceiver of the people. Now, here's the thing. People are going to make comments about you. If if you tell them what they want to hear, oh, you, you're a good prophet. Oh, you're a good teacher. You're a good pastor. But if you tell them something they don't want to hear, then, oh, he, you're a false prophet. You're a false teacher. You're not really a man of God. You're not really a woman of God. See, the thing is, 
the Bible tells us whatever God's nature is, that's the nature you should be having. When the Bible says that uh, God would be forward with the forward person, he'll be gentle with the gentle person, he'd be kind to the kind person. Remember, how you approach a person is how you're going to receive your answer back. A lot of times people always want to defend themselves. And I keep trying to tell people, you want to be like him? Stop trying to defend yourself. Find out, wait a minute, what about my faults? But yet still, they'll find your faults, but they won't find their own. They always try to criticize, well, you got this and you got that. But God said, listen, don't judge yourself according to somebody else. Because when you do that, you put yourself in trouble. You put yourself in time for judgment. This is why we study the word of God so we won't be like others that will be like him. All right. And then it keeps on going here. Let's say uh, 13. It says, how be of it? No man spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews. Now, if you got fear, any kind of fear, the only fear you should have is the fear of God. Not pleasing God, missing God, or anything like that. But other than that, you ain't have nothing to fear. God did not give us a spirit of fear. But we have a sound mind. We're able to uh, see which way God wants things to operate. And that's the way we go, no matter what. If you're sick, if God, like I heard this today, and this is a true statement, you cannot die until God says so. Why is it uh, people have people, a lot of people praying for you when the Bible says, if two or, t- two or three touch and agree, I'll do it of my father. In the Old Testament, we had to have a lot of people praying together, like in uh, Esther and all that. But today, we have the Holy Ghost in us, the Holy Spirit operating in us. And that's why, that's why he said, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. Only need two to three to pray for something. So, But the more you understand, the less you'll be like the world. We're different than the world. We don't agree with the world. The world is evil. And the evilness, because of the world, is because of their God, who is the God of this world. Satan is. What is Satan? He's a deceiver. What does he do? He confuses people and gets you away from learning about the word of God. Like there is a certain spirit called the Amorite spirit. And what that Amorite spirit does, it delays you or hesitates you from studying what does the word really say, and that I will be a not a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. All right, keep on going here. Yes, Lord. Uh, it says in the 14th verse, it says, now, now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. I had a young man here recently, and I told him, I said, the most important thing is teaching. Jesus came teaching, preaching, healing, and prophesying. But his main thing was teaching. And the Jews marveled, saying, how know this man letters? You see that? Letters, having never learned. In other words, he was talking about the Hebrew alphabet. And because of the Hebrew alphabet, he was teaching things that most Jews didn't know about, especially in in the uh, synagogue. But 
the Pharisees and stuff, the ones that studied the scriptures, they knew about the Hebrew alphabet. And they, and they were coming, how does he know the secrets about the signs, wonders, and miracles that operate in the Hebrew alphabet and he didn't learn from us? See, everybody thinks, oh, you don't go to school here. You're not that, you're not that intelligent. In other words, if I don't go to Harvard or Yale or something like that where it's well recognized, it, oh, you ain't learned anything. But the thing is, with God, he can send you to a hermit that's just waiting there to, just to be your teacher. And Jesus had a teacher. Everybody has a teacher. Jesus didn't come here with the demonic powers, but he came here meek and lonely and had to learn just like we have to. He never required us to do something he doesn't do. Then it says, and Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine or my teaching, that's another word for doctrine, is not my own, but he that sent me. You notice he was taught. Even he, he said, the, the things that I'm trying to teach you is not something I, I came with me, but I learned these things. If any man, this is very important, if any man will do his will, what will? The will of the Father. He shall know of the doctrine or teaching, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that answers of him speaks of himself speaketh his own glory. But he that seeketh his glory that uh that sent him, the same is true. And no unrighteousness is in him. You know, people always talk about I have the righteousness of Christ. I'm righteous in Christ. You have the power to do what is right. That's what righteousness means, to do what is right. And when you do that, you become genuine in your fellowship with God. You become uh, genuine in what you learn and what you put out. People watch you and the way you treat other people. And I don't mean you got to be uh, standing on eggshells. I don't mean you got to be kind to people there all the time. No. You've got to be genuine on who you are. And if you find out who you are in Christ, oh, that's even better because you will change to be like Jesus. You'll do things like Jesus do. You'll go back and read the scriptures and say, well, the word says this, and I'm doing this. I need to change from what I'm doing to what the word says. All right. 18. He that speaks of himself, as I said, we just... It secrets his own glory. But we want to seek the glory that God gives us. And what his glory is that is that we're genuine before him, and he's glad with us. 19, did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keep the law? Why should you go about to kill me? In other words, now here's, I'm going to get really personal about this thing. When a person criticizes like Jesus, they're not only just, uh, saying with the words, but they're actually wishing that person was dead. They try to assassinate them through their personality and try to find fault. When you're going around trying to find fault with somebody, you need to go back and start finding fault with yourself so that you can change because you're a murderer. You just don't realize you are a murderer. You're killing things. You, if you talk behind people's back and the Bible says that you're uh that you separate friends because of your conversation, you're a murderer. Stop it. Oh, I think that's a new word God keeps giving me. Stop it. 
All right. The people answered and said, Thou hast a devil. Who has gone around about to kill thee? And Jesus answered and said unto them, I have done one work, and you all marvel. Moses therefore gave unto you circumcision, and not because it was of Moses, but of the Father, of the fathers. And yet you are on the Sabbath day circumcised a man. If a man is on the Sabbath day re, uh, receives circumcision, that the law of Moses should not be broken, are you angry at me because I have made every every made a man every with whole on a Sabbath day? Just not, hear me? Just not according to appearance, but just righteously do what's right. Righteous judgments. Then said some of them unto uh then said some of them of Jerusalem, is it not he whom they seek to kill? But lo, he spoke boldly and said nothing unto him. Not the rulers knew, uh, do the rulers know indeed that this is the very Christ, the anointed one? Did they not understand? A lot of things they did understand, but it, it meant they'd have to humble themselves, and they didn't want to. They were proud to be in a position, praying in open and everything. Yeah, if I'm praying, I got to pray out in open so everybody can pat me on the back. Yeah, I'm a good prayer. I'm a good preacher. I'm a good teacher. I'm a good, 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 good. I am. You're not I am. There's only one I am, and his name is the word of God. And he is the one who created everything, and it all operates by the word of God. Then it says, then said some of them, okay, let's go down to the uh, 27. Holly be ever, we know this man where he is, but when Christ cometh, no man knows uh, whence he is. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, you both know me, and you know whence I am, and I am not come of myself, but he that sent me is true, whom you know not, but I know him, for I am from him, and he has sent me. A lot of times people miss what the word is is being sent to us. What do you mean by the word is being sent to us? I'm talking about the Hebrew alphabet. Well, I wasn't born Hebrew, so I, I don't understand the Hebrew alphabet. No, but you could study it. I can if you don't take nothing but one word a week or one word a month, learn what it says. Understand what it's saying. It's vibrations, sounds, and frequencies. That's what creates everything. There is nothing on this earth that is not created by sounds, frequency, and uh as it as it generates or as it moves molecules around, this is what we operate in. And if we start doing it for good instead of for evil, in other words, when we speak to people, we speak kindness, we speak uh, uh, joy, we speak peace to them. But, you hear me? It ain't going to happen with everybody. That's why I said get along with everybody. It's a big F, if possible. Everybody's not going to be on the same page because they want what they want. 
instead of what does God want? God wants us to be in his image and in his likeness. He wants us to be joyful in the Lord, that the joy of the Lord will be our strength. As we start to speak to somebody, we speak the word of peace. We speak the word of love. We speak the word of uh, fulfillment. We bless the people. But you got to remember, everybody is not your brother. Everybody is not your sister. Just because they claim Christ doesn't mean they are in Christ. That's why the word says in uh, Matthew, the seventh chapter, you know, that we're supposed to judge ourselves instead of judging somebody else. And then once we do that, then take the uh, little splinter out of our eyes so we can take, uh, take the moat out of our eyes so we can take the splinter out of our brother and sister's eyes. This is all about learning, learning. That's why he said, learn of me. Paul said, be a follower of me as I'm a follower of Christ. In other words, it's something you have to do. All right. I was saying, uh, uh, Dorothy, is anybody on there want to ask any questions? Anybody's hands up? Not yet. All right. Everybody's quiet. I didn't hear you. That everybody's being quiet in there. Oh, I hear you. Well, as I say, if you got any questions or want to ask any, add some comments, push one on your phone, and that'll let uh, Dorothy know, and we'll uh, put you on the broadcast. All right. Yeah, I have to stop here once in a while because my glasses get all fogged up. I'm going to have to buy me one of those things. Oh, somebody just put your hand up. Hold on. All right. Hold on. Um, Erica, eight one six five eight nine. Your mic is open. Hey, Pastor. It's me, Jacob. Hey, how you doing? You have to speak a little louder. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. Okay. Um, on twenty eight, where Jesus was in the temple and he taught, saying, "You both know me, and whence I am." And I am. He was basically saying that he was God. They just didn't they didn't catch it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. He, t- he said it so many times in the New Testament that he was God. They just didn't realize it. Even until the book of uh, Revelation, when he said, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, he was claiming to be God then. Okay. Because I remember we talked about this before, and that was a, a perfect mm-hmm. example of it. Okay. Well, like he said, I didn't come of myself. So that's where the Jews have such problems. So they say, well, God is only one God. That's right. There is only one God. But our God can do whatever he wants to do. He can split his body into a thousand parts. He can split, uh, tighten it up to be it only one person. He can do whatever he wants to do. And as it's saying, he he was here by himself. He was lonely. He created a being, which is called the word of God. And then with that word of God, he created everything. The angels, the heavens, the earth, the power, authority, wisdom. He created everything through the word, which is his son, which his son is him. That he and the son are one. 
Did I answer your question? Or did I yes. listen to your comments? Okay, got any other questions or comments? Mm-mm. Okay, well, I want to thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Pastor. Okay. Psalms 20, I mean, uh, we're at 29 now on John, the seventh chapter. But no, mm-hmm. it says, but I know him, for I am from him, and he has sent me. In other words, he was saying, I didn't come by no prophets or prophecy or anything else. I came by the one who created everything. He said, I, me and the Father are one. That's what he's telling them. Then in the 30th verse, it says, then they sought to take him, but no man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. And many of the people who believed on him said, when Christ comes, will he do more, listen to this, more miracles than these which this man has done? The Pharisees heard that the people murmured such things concerning him, and the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. In other words, you can tell the truth about God by how a person lives, and then God will start trusting. You'll see signs, wonders, and miracles happen in your ministry. I had a, a man here not too long ago. He had scoliosis. He had pain. I told him to touch the light switch, and God took 98% of the pain out of his body right then. Why? Because God is always wanting to show himself faithful to those that are faithful to him. A lot of times, people say they're faithful to the Lord, but they're not. They don't spend time to study. They don't spend time to change. All they want to do is uh, is try to find a, leaf, a loophole in what the word says so they can get over on something or how they can get something. It's all about themselves instead of all about the word of God. The more you learn, the more you'll understand. The more you understand, the more you want to change. All right? Then it says, 31, and many of the people believed on him, uh, you know, because of what the miracles they seen. And 32, the Pharisees heard, and then first thing they do, they want to try to arrest him. All right? Then it says, 33, then says Jesus unto them, in a little while I am with you, and then I'll go unto who him that sent me. You shall seek me and shall not find me. For where I am, neither can you come. Then said the Jews among themselves. See, it's always among themselves. They're always trying to get somebody else to be on their side. They just justify what they say or justify what they think. Rather he go and that we shall not find him. Will he go into the... uh, dispensation among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles. In other words, he said, are they what are they going to do? Disappear among the, the Greeks or among the people that are savages or go somewhere else? What manner of saying is this that he said, you shall seek me and shall not find me. Where I am, neither can you come. In the last days, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. 
he that believes on me as the scriptures, as the scriptures says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. What does that mean? It means the scriptures of the word of God is referred to as water, and it will flow out of that person whose mind is being strengthened by Christ, whose mind is really the mind of Christ and listening because Jesus didn't do nothing except what he saw his father do. He did not do anything except what he heard his father do. He followed the will of his father. And that's what he keeps telling us. Follow the will. And the will is to obey the word of God. But 39, it says, but this spoke he of the spirit, which which they that believed on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Many of the people, therefore, when they had heard this saying, said a tr- of a truth, this is the prophet. Now, what are they talking about? This is the prophet. You have to go back into the Old Testament. You have to go back into the book of Exodus, where Moses is talking about there's going to be one like him going to come forth, and he's going to be called the prophet. He is not any other name. He's going to be called the prophet. And all through the scriptures, even in the New Testament, they talk about the prophets. They ask, uh, when Jesus said, who do men think I am? They said, well, we think you may be uh, one of the, the prophets he, uh, back in the Old Testament stuff. And then he, they even said, we think that you might be the prophet, but they didn't realize he was the son of God. And he was learning to obey what his father said, the, the uh, goal. Now, here's what the goal is. First of all, the goal is to obey God. Second thing about the, the, the goal is to understand the will of God. When a person tells me, well, this is what I want to do, you're not obeying God's will. You're obeying your will. When you say, well, I want to do this and I want to do that, you obey your will. But the will of God is obey him. He's the one that's going to send you to school because that's what you got to go through. You got to go through the school, first of all, to learn how to be. Then you got to learn how to be a teacher. Then you got to learn how to be a uh, one that's in charge of others. Then you got to learn how to flow in the word of God. And then after that, you get sent. As I say, you've heard some people say some has been sent and some just went. And that's what happens. They're not really called by God, but they're called of themselves so that they can teach of themselves, so that people will learn of themselves. But see, the thing is, God said, humble, humble, humble yourself, okay? That way you'll stop glorifying yourself and say, well, I've done this for the Lord, and I've done that for the Lord, and look how many people I've brought to the Lord and stuff. You ain't did nothing but what God has told you to do, and he's the one that brings them. If the Father doesn't draw you, you do not come to him. And they said you cannot come to the Father unless, first of all, you come through his son, which is the door. So in other words, if you ain't coming through the door, you ain't coming through the, through the word of God. Number 41, it says, others said that this is the Christ, but some say, shall Christ come out of Galilee? Has not the scripture said that Christ comes from the seed of David out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? 
And so there was a division among the people because of him. In other words, everybody's trying to figure out what the scripture says. Just like now, so many people are trying to figure out the book of Revelation. Let me tell you and help you real quick. You'll never figure out the book of Revelation. The reason is, it's only after things is passed, then you can look back and say, oh, this is what God meant. Oh, this is, now I have an understanding. Right after it's passed. Right now, there's a lot of people thinking that we're in the middle of Revelation. We're not in the Revelation now. The book has not been opened for the book of Revelation. It's not the four horsemen that are not uh, riding right now. What we're into is what Jesus said in Matthew and a few other places. We're into the birth pains. You know, before a baby is born, the woman got to go through some birth pains. And that's what we're going through, birth pains. There's some things that you, oh, I would love to teach. But the thing is, the church doesn't have all the information. They don't have the teachings that they should have had. But they took away from the church, the true church, which was the uh, Messianic church or what they called the universal church. And then they became the Roman Catholic. And they started adding things to it. And when you add something to God's word, it detracts from you understanding the whole truth. If you want to go back and study your history, you'll find out that until it was 325 A.D., we worship a different way. We believe a different way. But after 325 A.D., that's when they changed and brought in all this paganism and stuff. And then when we took, uh, was broken away, what they call Lutheranism, and he still taught Catholicism. And then there's uh, other school, other schools of thought came after that, but it still stayed with Catholicism, Roman Catholicism. And that's what messes up. You need to study the word for yourself. You need to read this thing to see what does it say and what do I need to do to change me? All right. Learn what it is to change yourself. Have a different reality. All right, let's keep on going here. Uh, 44. And some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Then came the office, officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto him, Why you have not brought him? The officers answered and said, Never a man spoke this way. Then answered them to the Pharisees, Are you also deceived? Have any of the other rulers of the Pharisees believed on him? But this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. In other words, when people get to threatening you, if you, you, you belong to a church, and they'll tell you, if you go to anybody else's church, you're cursed. If you don't do what, what I tell you at our church, you're, you're lost. Listen, the word should be the one that leads you. The word should be the one that show you what you need to do. Well, I, I don't know what to do. Do what the word says. Humble yourself. Find a teacher that's teaching the word, not just any preacher or any teacher. Find the one that's teaching. Well, how do I know what the word is? By reading it for yourself. And then look, does this line up with the word of God? Does this change me? That's what it's supposed to be. All about changing you. Don't worry about that pastor. Don't worry about the other members of the church. It's supposed to change you. 
This is the thing between you and the most high God who says, I'm creating you in my image and in my life. He in fact created everybody in my image and likeness. So that's why you have to sit up there and learn that I'm sorry. That we have to learn that we're under we're under the authority of the word of God. He is the rock. He is the one who trains us. And we learn by listening to what the word says and then speaking ourselves in the word. Keep concentrating on what the word teaches and not what man teaches. But understand, there are men and women that are full of the Holy Ghost. And they'll be able to lead you and guide you to the one you're supposed to be, Jesus. All right? Then it says in the fifth, Nicodemus said unto them, he that came to Jesus by night, being one of them, that's in John 3, 16, does the law judge any man before he hear him or know what he does? They answered and said unto him, Art thou also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee rises no prophet. And every man went into his own house. In other words, that word house is another Hebrew word for Beth, which means dwelling place. Well, what is that so important to know about Beth and her dwelling place? First of all, you've got to have a head of the house. The head of the house is the word of God. Then it's got to have a place to dwell in. The dwelling place or the living place is you. It's in your mind. It's why it says, uh, I beseech you, brothers, by the uh, mercies of God, that you present your body or your mind as a living sacrifice unto God, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. But be not conformed to this world. See, that's why it's talking about the mind. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing or changing of your mind. And when you do that, you'll start on the path of righteousness to understand what God wants of me and what I must do to please him. Now, we're starting into the eighth chapter, but that's what we'll do the next time. Right now, I want to skip over uh, to the book of Revelation, the first chapter and the first verse. Revelation, the first chapter and the first verse. If anybody got any questions or comments, this is the time. Go ahead and push one because we're going to get into a great talking about, I'm trying to get this computer up right, of what and what is not. What is the truth and what is a lie? What is going to bring you through, what is not going to bring you through, but lead you into the traps. You got to, first of all, understand what does the word revelation mean? As I say, if anybody got any questions, I'll hold off. We have a question. Okay. We have a question. Let's see. Area code 404. Your mic is open. Okay. Thank you, Dorothy. Hey, Apostle, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you, sir. Uh, question is, uh, if if you're in a conversation with an atheist uh, and the question is, you know, why does God let bad things happen, uh, specifically with what's going on with the um, 
the disease now, the uh, uh, pandemic. Mm-hmm. What 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 would you? How would you approach that to them? If if your approach was, well, I mean, if there's if there is a God, then why is this pandemic happening? How is He allowing that happening? So I'm just gonna close my mic and just listen to your response. Okay. Well, uh, first of all, when you're talking to a atheist or somebody who does not believe, you know, unless God calls them, then you're wasting time. God has to call them. Now, if you're dealing with somebody who has a, a lack of faith or a little of faith, then you teach them what does the word says. Always go back to the scriptures. The word says, who is the God of this world? Satan is, okay? Now, if Satan is God of this world, what happened? How did he become the God of this world? And was there a God before him? And the answer is yes, there was a God before Satan of this world. And his name was Adam. Adam, if you go check the the genealogy, you'll find out that Adam was the son of God. And because of that, he was the God of this world. But because he was deceived, he gave up his godship to give it to Satan because he thought he was going to be promoted even higher than he was instead of being the god of this world only, that he would be the god of the universe. And because of that, he lost his position, and Satan became the god of this world. Now, after he became the god of this world, he has all rights and privileges to this world until but you would have to know you have to have to been studying the scriptures till after the six thousand year is up. Now Jesus said he said if I did not intervene, I know it's, it's put it a different way, but I'm gonna put it the way it is. If I did not intervene that no flesh would live. So signs, wonders and miracles is the abnormal thing that is done to this world because God has compassion. God will reach forth to those that really seek to him with their heart. When you start seeking God with your heart, then he'll open up more signs, wonders, and miracles. And as those things being developed, you go back to the word and stay there. Always train from the word. So as I say, when you talk to an atheist, if that if God ain't calling him, you leave him alone. You're just wasting time. But there's so many people out here that have little faith, and they need somebody like you to train them or give them an answer that they will have more faith. That's why even the disciples said, how do you increase your faith? And since you was with me on one time, I had to go out. A young man asked me, how do you build your faith? And I told him, you got to believe for something you cannot believe for. You got to believe for what you cannot believe for. Put your put your faith or your trust to the test. The way you say, I give up everything that I believe in, and I wait for what the word says, which is Jesus, and let him teach me. And as the word goes forth, it will train you. It will teach you. It will give you that security where you'll be able to say, my Lord, and my God, making it personal. I hope I answered your question or if you're still there on the mic.
possible? Yes, I'm here. Okay, I didn't know if it came back on. Yeah, you did. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. I uh, that helps, that helps out a great great deal. Thank you. All right, I appreciate you being on the broadcast. Tell the wife I said hello and the little one. <laughs> Will do. Thank you, sir. Have a good evening. All right. God bless. All right. If there's anybody else out there got any questions, this is the time to ask. All you have to do is push one on your telephone. Okay. Right now, still clearing my glasses and stuff. As I said, I'm going to have to go out and buy me some contacts <laughs> to where my glasses don't fog up and I can be able to read. Well, as I said, we're in Revelation, the first chapter and the first verse. This, this is the only book of the Bible that's different than anything else, and it reveals Jesus. How do I know it reveals Jesus? It tells you that he is God. This is one of the books that tells you specifically that he is God. And here's the thing. It says that there how many uh, chapters are in the book of Revelation? 22 chapters. If you go to Psalms 119, I'll be a little bit slower so we can get into this. If you go to Psalms 119, uh, the King James Version, you'll find the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And it, see that we say alphabet, but it doesn't mean the same thing as we think. God's ways is not our ways, and neither he thinks our ways. But the 22 letters are the 22. That's what they talked about earlier when we read in John. The 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet created everything. It's the, what creates things. And that's why God wants us to be like him, to be created in his image and likeness. So let's look at Revelation of Jesus Christ. The book, uh, uh, chapter 1, 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him. You notice, if God gave this to unto Jesus Christ, he had, to, he had learned of himself as we have to learn of him. God teaches us to be a learner, and that's why we can't have no pride. We can't have no glory because we're just learning for what we're being taught, if we've been taught correctly. It says, which God gave unto him to show to his servant, to, in other words, to other disciples, things which must shortly come to pass, and he sent and signified it by his angel or his messenger, Unto his servant John. But if you notice, it says to show unto his servants. So that means more than one. God has sent people to learn of him, to learn of the word, how to operate in the word, and then he sanctified it by a messenger to John that John can go out and give this book, what's called the book of Revelation. Revelation means the revealing of something. God has in the first letter uh, of, of, of the Hebrew alphabet, it's called olive. Olive can mean one thing. It can mean another. It can be a thousand things at the same identical time. It can mean only one thing at a time. But you learn this as you study the word. That's why I say if you just take one Hebrew letter uh, a month, 
do it one a month. It will be great reward to you. When he says, I will bless them that bless you, I will curse them that curse you, he was talking about Jesus inside Abraham, which is inside the nation of Israel, which means one who wrestled with God. And once you start to understand, these scriptures are sent here for us to learn that God has things, but he wants you to search him out. The first word, as I told you, olive, it means head. It can be a thousand. It can be silence. But if you reverse it, why he said the last shall be first and the first shall be last. If you reverse that letters, it comes out mystery. It's a mystery of what God is doing. But he's telling you, be like a detective. Search the thing out. Search it out with your, your the, the scriptures and let the scriptures explain itself. All right? And it says, second verse, it says, who bear record of the word of God and his testimony of Jesus Christ of all things that he saw. Blessed that he that, here's the first one, blessed that he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand or near. Well, what do you mean? This is a different than anything you'll ever read. It says, he that readeth, and that's a continuation. That's why in the, it's better to read the old King James if you understand. If not, read the new King James. It says, blessed that readeth, and they that heareth the word of this prophecy. It didn't say anything else. It says, this prophecy. You'll be blessed if you read this and hear. Well, what does hear mean? It means to understand. God has given us uh, several spirits, and the three spirits that he's given us is wisdom is the principal thing. It says, with all you're getting, get an understanding. That's the second. And when you get wisdom and uh, understanding, it produces knowledge. Knowledge shows you how to operate. It teaches you how to do and when to do. That's why when we read John earlier, he said it was not my time. It's not my time. In other words, there is a time and a season for everything. Just like when you study the uh, book of uh, Ecclesiastes, it says there's a time and a purpose for everything. So that means you've got to put away your childish thoughts to maintain the mature thoughts of what the word teaches. Change, change, change to what God is pleased with you instead of you trying to be pleased with God. Obedience is better than sacrifice and all burnt offerings. And as I say, the more you start to understand what the, the scriptures are teaching, what it's trying to say, and then you put those to be not a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. It says in the fourth verse, it says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace unto you and peace from him, which is, which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before the throne. A lot of times people take the, the uh, seven spirits and try to go back in the Old Testament and try to make that's what the seven spirits are about. But I'm going to tell you, it, it tells you, it hides things. It's in uh, uh, Hebrew where it tells about he makes his angels, angels, you see that? Angels, messengers, or spirits, all right? 
So when it talks about the seven, we'll have to talk, I'll teach on that some other time. But it says seven. And seven, if you've been studying anything about Hebrew or Judaism, seven is the number for uh, completeness. And wholeness is number 10. All right? So complete. How, how do I know it's complete? How many days are there in a week? Six days. Then he created the seventh, what they call the Sabbath. So there's seven, which means complete. You don't hear about the eighth day until later on. There is an eighth day, but that eighth day is eternal. It never ends when we go into the eighth day. So right now, things are happening. As I told you, we're into the uh, 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 birth pains. That's why it hurts. It hurts right now. So people are getting killed, people are dying, and it's because of our sin. We were all right there with Adam. We was all right there with Eve. So we can't point no fingers at nobody else. It's us. We're all in this thing together. But we can revive the time. That's why I said walk, walk not circumspectly, but reviving the time or redeeming the time, picking up the time, changing things in ourselves to change the world. The more we change the world, the faster Jesus will come. But if he doesn't come because we're not changing the world, he's still got a certain time limit to come. That's another teaching I'd have to teach on. Everything is written down. It's just you have to understand it. You have to see the secret. Yes, Lord, let me, look him up. Let me explain that. In the Hebrew words, it says dirashit, which means in the beginning. But if you read that in the Hebrew, you can look through and you'll see the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. There is uh, six olives. And the olives represent a thousand years. Okay? So in other words, but there's another one, which is the seventh, which represents peace, which Jesus will come and will control the world through his kingdom, which is the kingdom of the word, and it will be a peaceful kingdom. That will be the seventh day or the completion. But as I said, there's some more teaching that I had to go in in depth, but it's all about the Hebrew alphabet which is Jesus. All right, let's keep on going here. It says, the fourth verse, it says, unto the seven churches, which is in Asia, grace unto you, we already read that, and uh, the seven spirits, that's before his throne, which I just explained, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first of the begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of earth, unto him that loved us and washed us in from our sins in his blood. What does the word blood mean? In his life. He came here to show us how to live. He showed us by sacrificing that he was a perfect man, that he did everything that was pleasing to the Father. He even gave up his life trusting the Father. That's the thing. Do you trust God? Do you really trust God? You can say it, but when time comes, are you trusting him or you're trusting in something else? You know, people say, well, I trust God for everything. Do you really? When time gets trouble, do you go, do you go to complain, Lord, you know I need this and I know I need that. 
He said he knows those things before you ask. He just wants you to confirm by praying. Now, what, now listen to this. By praying, give me understanding on what I need to do next. In other words, he said, ask me about information. Okay, Lord, is this my fault? Better check. See if it's your fault first. Lord, is this a test that I'm going through? Check to see if you're going through a test. Lord, is the devil trying to attack me without your permission? Let's see. In other words, seek information through prayer. It's called uh, supplication. Put your request before God and let him give you the answer. If he doesn't give an answer, don't get mad. God is still God all by himself. He doesn't have to give us an answer. So just go through it. He said, if you trust me, you don't, you ain't going to uh, worry about what's going on. You just trust me. If he tells you you got to die today, you don't, oh, Lord, give me 15 more years. You remember like Hezekiah did? And when he asked for 15 more years, what did he do? He sinned for 15 more years. He, he should have went when it was time to go and said, Lord, I repent and let me come home. But no. See, it's all about us. We're all greedy. That's we're all selfish. That's one of the laws I taught y'all, those that's been listening. And that law is admit that you are selfish, but you're not going to stay that way. Learn to change. All right, let's keep on going here. It says on the sixth verse, has made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen is uh, according to the Bible school that he that means uh, so be it or it means I agree. But let me give you the root word. When you say amen, it, you're saying the truth. You're saying Jesus. You're saying the truth. That's what he is, the truth. All right. Behold, he comes with clouds and every eye shall see him. And they also that pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall well because of him. Even so, this is the truth. Now, wait a minute. How is everybody going to see him that that, uh, that pierced him in an instant? How is everybody going to see him at once? So I'm going to tell you, as the Lord explained to me earlier, he said, when they close their eyes, they'll still be able to see me. Every eye will see me. He told me that, you know, there is no such thing in the kingdom as time. We have time. But right now, those same people that, they killed Jesus is alive right now. Those same people that were there to crucify him are alive right now. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, God the Holy Spirit can go from one set of time, which is no time for them, to go right into that place. So everybody, as I told you, when you close your eyes, you'll still be able to see it. If you're asleep, you're going to be able to see what is going on at that time, when the end comes, because there is called the end of days, when those end of days is finished, we'll all be there together, and we'll see everything as it is, and as it was, and as it will be. That's why he says, I, I am the one that was, and is gone, and came back. In other words, there is no such thing as time, okay? Then it says, I am Alpha and Omega. We're at the eighth verse. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. Thus says the Lord, 
which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. Now, what does that mean, Alpha and Omega? That is a Greek word. And those Greek words, there's nothing but a, a Hebrew, I mean, nothing but an alphabet. But with God's word, the Hebrew word, it is a word. Every Hebrew letter is a word. And I don't mean one word. It can have a lot of meaning. It has, takes you time to understand that God can give you the fulfillment of the word moving through your mind, which will move you until elevate you into the mind of Christ, the way you don't think like the world, because like God, unless unless you've been changed. And that's what he wants to do, change our thinking. As he changed our thinking, then we will have the mind of Christ and we'll be able to move into a different atmosphere where we don't go around criticizing people or finding fault on anybody, but you, you're encouraging them. You're right behind them, pushing them forward to get the best out of them for the Lord, all right? And then when he said, I am the Alpha and Omega, it is the Hebrew word, I am the Olive and the Tau, one of the, from uh, verse 1 to the 22nd letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And the only person who can claim that I am the beginning and the end is the one who was here before anything happened. So that means he was declaring, I am God. I am the interpretation of God's thoughts, thoughts, speak, and action. I am the word of God that created everything. And without the word, nothing was created. That's why I said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. So I let you know, who is the word? God is the word. Who is God? The word is Jesus. Who is Jesus? He is the living uh, sacrifice that God gave to redeem us from the law of sin and death where we messed up. And that at the end of 6,000 years, we shall be, you hear me? We shall be redeemed and we shall be in charge of this planet. Satan will no longer be in charge. He'll be locked away, because that's why Jesus said, I have the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He'll be locked away, and we'll be prospering, doing the things that's pleasing God, so that at the end, now this, most churches don't preach this, but I'm going to tell you. So at the end of time, God the Father and God the Son are going to come down here to live with his people. And we'll be able to say, my Lord and my God, Another, both of them are here. They'll be the light for us. That we'll have a new heaven and a new earth. We'll have a new understanding, a new uh, uh, mindset, and those things will be peace, peace, peace. All right. So, if anybody asks you, "Is Jesus God?" Take them to the Book of Revelation and say, "Anytime you see the word I am, that I am, as Him." If you see the word says. I am the Alpha and Omega, which is Greek, but we know it, the word is Aleph Tau. And how do we know that? Go to the book, Psalms 119, 119 in the King James Version, and look for the Hebrew alphabet. You'll see it says Aleph, Beth, Gimel, and it keeps on going way down, and it's every eight verses, and eight in, uh, means new beginnings, new beginnings, okay? Let's keep on going here. It says, I, John, who also is your brother and companion in tribulation in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. For, let's see, 
was in the hour that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Who is the word of God? Jesus is the word of God. He is the testimony of what the word teaches us about our father, which is in heaven. But he wants to come down and live with us. He wants us to change. He wants us to understand. He gave us six years that we'd be able to see how it is run by man, our, our thoughts. And he said, now I will enter in on the seventh year. And on the seventh year, I will show you what it means to be ran by the word of God. See, right now, let me give you some more insight that most preachers don't teach. The Bible lets us know that God will be back at the end of time. What is the end of time? The end of the 22 Hebrew letters. All right? The end of the 22 letters. That's why it's 22 chapters in the book of Revelation. To give you an even closer hint about what how close we are. They say, but God can change time. He can make it shorter or make he can make it shorter. He can't make it longer. I'm telling you, he is uh, held by his word. His word is law. So he said, this is the length of time, seven years, okay? Right now, we're in the 20, uh, I say 21st century, right? What is the next one? 22nd. What is 22nd? The end of the, of the, uh, of the Hebrew alphabet, which is, the word is tau, which means nail, or cross. You get it? When Jesus said, it is finished, he was on the cross. He was nailed to the cross. And he said, it is finished. He letting us know. God has things, but he tells us to search him out with all our heart, and we'll be able to find out what God is doing by listening to the word of God. All right, let me keep on going here. Then it says, uh, the 10th verse, I was in the spirit of the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega. Remember, that's what I told you. And it says, I am the first and the last. Well, how can you be the first and the last unless you're God? Because you had to be here before it started and you got to be here when it's finished. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches, the complete understanding, until uh to Asia, and to Ethiopia, uh, Ephesus, and to Smyrna, and to Pergamos, and then to Thessalonica, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spoke to me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Seven means what? Completion. He saw all 7,000 years. The one the six ruled by man, which they gave it up, so Satan rules it now. And the one year that's going to be ruled by the Messiah or the anointed one, that is Jesus. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his foot and girdle, and girdle with the pap, with a golden girdle. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were a flame of fire. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, Jesus' hair is like wool. That is not what it says. You have to go back and look at it again. It says his head and his hair were white. Very clear. White like wool. 
In other words, then it, re, uh, it goes back again, white as snow. And they ain't talking about his hair being like no lamb. It's talking about the color. And his eyes were a flame of fire. And his feet were like a fine blast that is it was burned in a furnace. And his voice was the sound of many waters. And in his right hand, seven stars. And out of the seven went a sharp two-edged sword. And his continent was like the sun shining in his strength. Now, what is it talking about? The seven stars. The seven stars are the seven angels. All right? You're saying, well, what is the seven angels' name? I'll give them to you. Michael, Raphael, Gabriel, Uriel, Reniel, Rubiel, and the, the uh, last one. His name kind of varies. So sometimes they call him Caramel, and sometimes they say Sarah Quail. All right? But it's according to what they're doing at that time. As they say, you know, when you say Michael, the first thing you think of is the, mess, I mean, the warrior angel. You say Gabriel, you think about uh, the uh, messenger angel. You say Raphael, you're thinking about healing. Well, how do you know all that's in the, it's in the Bible? We'll have to do that teaching some other time. As I say, the main thing is to get you to search the thing out for yourself. So that way, when you read, you'll start saying, oh, this is what God said. Oh, this is what God meant. This is what he talked about when he said that there was a time when the angel would go down and trouble the water. And the first person they got in was healed. Wait a minute. Angel, trouble the water, heal. Healing water. Healing angel. Who is the healing angel? Raphael. It means healing. It is God's name. One of God's characters is to heal. He loves to heal. But you got to remember, it's all about what the word is and God's compassion and the timing. Timing is everything, okay? All right. So then it says, in his right hand, talks about the 16 again, the right hand is the seven stars. Why right hand? Right hand means uh, the logic. God's logic is not like us, but his logic, he has his own logic, and he tells us to learn of him. And then it says, out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. Now, where are you going to find there's a sharp two-edged sword? Yes, you can find it in the book of uh, Hebrew, but if you really want to search it out, go to Psalms 149. And find out what is the two-edged sword and what is the purpose, the purpose of the two-edged sword. All right. Well, I'm giving you a chance now. If you got anybody got any questions or comments, all you have to do is push one, and that will put you onto the broadcast. And then that way you can either make your comments or, or you can ask the question. So we're... Getting ready to close out soon here. I'm on uh, the first chapter of Revelation. Yeah. You have anything to say, Dorothy? No, I'm just enjoying your take on Revelation. <laughs> oh, I hear you. Well, that's oh, some of the things the Lord gave me just today to talk about. And others is stuff I've been knowing about, but he didn't tell me to teach it. Everything in the Bible has something 
And it's very important. All right. Do you have any comments to say on about Revelation? Or about John, what we just read earlier? Uh, no, I'm trying to... I don't know if someone's try- oh, someone's trying to raise their hand again. Okay. Let me oh, open okay. that up. Area code eight one six five eight nine. Your mic is open. Pastor, it's me again. Uh what was that? Uh you said Psalms what? Uh uh to read about the two edged sword? Psalms one forty nine. One forty nine, okay. Yeah. I'm glad you called back. Glad you asked the question. But there's probably somebody else that wanted to ask but didn't. And that's why I encourage y'all to ask questions or give your comments. Okay. Thank you, Pastor. Mm-hmm. All right. You have a blessed day. All right. Well, let's keep on going here. The 17th verse, chapter 1 of Revelation. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. You notice he keeps going back. I am the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega. It's trying to let everybody know I am God. And then it even says, he goes back into 18 and says, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Truth. And have the keys of hell and of death. Write these things thou hast seen, and the things which thou, which are, and these things which shall be hereafter. The mystery. Remember, I told you the word olive backwards means mystery. There it is, the hidden truth of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand, and the seven candlesticks are the seven stars are the angels. You notice. It's no longer just, it tells you it is the angels of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks, which thou sawest, are the seven churches, the hidden truth. And as you start to study it, if we start to go into the book of Revelation and study more and more and more, you'll start to see, hey, this is about changing me. It ain't the mystery of about the church. It's about changing me. What does the word church mean? Church means body of believers. What does synagogue mean? A gathering of believers. Get it? God, first of all, had to get a group together, and then he had to give them faith. Faith means trust, that you trust in what God says, and God will bring things to pass. If you're in the sick and in the hospital, pray. Get instructions on what I need to do, Father, what I need to read. And if you don't get healed, don't worry about it. Because God still knows, and he heard your prayer. That's what the word Ishmael means. God hears. He didn't say you got to understand everything. He just said he hears. He's the one who does what needs to be done. And he does it in the right time at the right minute. I was sick for a long time, had knee problems. And when I least expected it, because I didn't complain. I'd make it to every meeting I had to go to and everything else and be praying and keep on going. Sometimes I'd be in a lot of pain. Kept to crawl sometimes. I'd still make it to the meeting. Then all of a sudden, 
And it's, it's, uh, one of my friends, her name is Deborah, Deborah Ross. She was with me. And all of a sudden, this man of God called me out of the audience. He said that God is healing my knees. He saw him standing beside me. I came up those stairs. My knees were still hurting. I could have said, oh, I don't believe it, and went to sit down. But I kept on going forward. See, you don't want to go backwards. You want to go forward to change you. As I went up those stairs, I was still in pain. When I got to the top, he didn't lay hands on me. He didn't pray for me. He didn't ask God to do anything for me. He just said, raise your leg up, put it down, raise your leg up, put it down. He said, take off. And I took off running backwards. And that's been almost seven years. And I am not having any pain out of my knees, friends. Even when a, 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 a freaking want to come up and say, see, you wasn't healed. I say, listen, you got to talk to Jesus because he healed me. And the next thing you know, it's gone. That's why I tell people, believe the word. Live the word. Let Jesus be the word in your life. Well, as I said, I'm giving you a chance again to open up the mic before I get ready to end because we'll start on uh, the uh, eighth chapter of John, eighth chapter of John. And then after that, we'll also do Revelation, the second chapter. Revelation, the second chapter. I'm trying to put both of them together so that you'll understand that the word is connected. It's not severed from each other. It all blends into one word, and it is about the word of God, which is the Hebrew letters, which is life abundantly, when you understand. Well, Dorothy, anybody okay. else out there? Yeah, Eric, 816, you have your hand up again, or am I seeing things? No, I did. All right. Go ahead and ask a question. I'm sorry. What did you say? 117, Pastor? I'm sorry. Psalms 119. 119. Okay. So um, so it's the alphabet. That's what you're talking about? Yeah, about the the Hebrew alphabet. Okay. I've had so many people ask me, will you teach on the Hebrew alphabet? Will you teach on the Hebrew alphabet? I'm trying to mix all three of them together and find that all three of them equals into the one. It's just like what it says, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father is the olive. The death is the Son, the dwelling place, the thing that was created. And the Holy Spirit is gimel, which means given. In other words, the Father in the house gave. And then we'll put the other... Hebrew letters together later. But I'm glad you've been listening. I'm glad you asked questions. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you, uh, Jacob, is, you've been a blessing. And all the others that's been out there listening, I pray that you learn and that you're being a blessing because a teacher cannot teach if he has no disciples or no learners. All right. Well, Dorothy, you want to go ahead and close in prayer? Or? Um. Could you do it this time? Yes, ma'am. Ain't no problem. Gracious and wonderful Father, who supplies all of our needs according to riches and glory by Christ Jesus, we ask you to give us wisdom, understanding, and knowledge about your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we start to ask for instructions, that's what prayer is all about, asking instructions. 
Father, what should we study? What should we be about to do our father's business? Where are we supposed to be so we can teach others to become disciples and also to learn ourselves of our Lord and our master, the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the scriptures. As the scriptures bless us going in, bless us going out, make us the head and not the tail, that we're uh, the recipients of the blessings of the sons of God. Well, you said that with the world is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. And we're the sons and daughter of the most high God. We're the kings and the priests that are being developed for the kingdom of God to do those things that's pleasing in your eyesight. A lot of times people go around claiming to be kings and claiming to be priests. Now, we're not there, Father. We are not there. But as becoming, as Paul said, as becoming to those things, as we are a follower of Paul, as Paul is the father of Christ, that we'll be blessed going in, receiving the knowledge of Christ, that we'll be blessed going out that we're able to go out and bless somebody else, some man, some woman, some boy, girl. And, Father, as this virus is, is being released and everything, Father, we understand that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. But you didn't say no weapon wouldn't come against us, especially when you're trying to get your people back into the, uh, the right frame of mind where we repent of all our sins, repent, and have a change of mind, least Something worse come upon us, and that's what's going on. Things are coming upon us right now, but thank God we can't die. Well, what about if I get the disease and I pass? You cannot die. People understand we're made of the image and likeness of God. God can't die, neither can I. This body can. That's why it's got to be resurrected. But our soul, once we die, we go back to heaven. I want the people to understand, Father, that we who are the children of God, we will go back to heaven. Those that are not will not go to heaven. And we got to understand that God knows what he's doing. We don't have to. All we have to do is trust, trust and obey. Father, we thank you because you hear our prayer. We thank you that you've given us this revelation. And as we start to study the book of Revelation, you've given us even more knowledge about your son. And your son is the one who sets us free, which is the word of God. The blood that was shed on Calvary's cross that gave up his life to give us life and still teaches us today to live according to the word, to be in love with one another and to help one another. Father, we come to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, and we all say, Amen. 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 All right, until next time, we'll, we'll say, and we kind of stretch this a little bit, and we might stretch it a little bit more according to what the Lord shows me. But uh, I'm getting ready, getting ready here to enjoy myself. I got my food looking me in the face. <laughs> so, and the, the other food, which is the, the word of God. <laughs> so until next, not next Wednesday, but the following Wednesday, we'll be back on the broadcast again. And also, uh, I'm waiting to hear, to see what the Lord says, not what man says, 
what the Lord said about starting our church up again. So anybody out there who are members of this of Jesus Christ Teaching Ministries, uh, uh, kind of go on the program. It's uh, I'm also on this one, and I'm also on Facebook, where uh, it's called Jesus Christ Teaching Ministries. And then you can look and see when we are here in Kansas City, Missouri, which is actually in Independence, Missouri, and it'll let you know when we open up the church. So thank you, Dorothy, for letting me be a, uh, on the broadcast and everything and the other people. Uh, bless you. It's been a blessing. I, I really enjoy your teachings. I'm surprised I didn't have much to say today because usually I have something to say, don't I? <laughs> yes, you do. But I know you're still recovering, and I said bless you. That means in all kinds, namely the word shalom, that you will receive a tenfold blessing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. It, it's, I was told it could take up to a year, and I'm thinking, no, no. I'm going to no. get a supernatural touch. I'm not doing this for another year, you know? I hear you. <laughs> Hey, I told you what happened to me about having the stroke and how yep. the Lord told me, he said, if you will say I live and not die and proclaim the works of God, he said, I'll heal you. And within five minutes, uh, I, uh, less than that, less than a minute after I said it, I was totally healed from a stroke. I had my strength back in my arms. I was able to, to go A, B, C, D, E, F, G, say my Hebrew, I can say the alphabet and stuff. And I was able to smile when you got a stroke. You can't smile. Your face droops, and you, the liquid comes out of your mouth, and you have no strength in one side. I had no strength in my right hand. When I, when I got through, God instantly did it. So I'm believing, believing that you believing. It ain't going to take a year. In fact, I'm looking for it half a year if you need that long, maybe even less than that. It sounds good to me. I'm, I'm getting very impatient with this whole thing, you know. I hear you. Oh. I mean, I've got things to do. Yeah, I hear you. Well, as I say, you be blessed, and I'll talk to you later. Okay, you have a blessed evening. Good night, Pastor James. Good night, everybody. Father bless.